Okay. All right, you guys, can I be totally honest? It's 2.18 on a Thursday, and I'm about to post this episode right after I finish it because it's how I live. Uh, my week has been crazy. How is yours? How are you feeling? Have you done a self-check-in lately? Let's take a minute. Check in with yourself. I'll tell you what, this week has been interesting. We had a mouth injury with Corey earlier this week. Um, oh, and if you know me uh, in real life, and I like to think we're all friends. We just haven't met yet. But if you know me in real life, I called my girlfriend hysterical. You know I can't do the mouth. Two things that I am not equipped for that people assume all moms just like roll with, injuries and snot. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot stand snot. I would rather clean up barf. I would rather clean up like the most disgusting diaper in the entire world than deal with snot. I just can't. It is my Achilles heel, as is any injury having to do with the mouth. I cannot do mouth injuries. It freaks me out. Um. Anyways, so do that self-check-in and remind yourself of this. It is okay to feel two emotions at once. Your day does not have to be good or bad. It can have an ebb and flow to it. Your day does not have to be half glass, half empty, glass, half full. It can be refillable. You can start negatively and then positively. You can start positively and then negatively. The human condition is actually the fact that we have emotions that ebb and flow throughout the day. And somehow we've bought into this really distorted lie that you either have a good day or a bad day. Mm-mm. No. Now, yeah, you do have bad days sometimes. That doesn't mean it didn't start out good. It doesn't wash away all the things that you've done that are good. And so I just want to encourage you today as you check in with yourself, which you need to do. And if no one has done that for you, take this time. I don't know what you're doing right now. I love to picture what y'all are doing. Are you doing the laundry? If you're me, no. <laughs> are you on a walk? Are you doing homework? What are you doing right now? You know? I, I love to picture that in my mind. Um, it makes me so thrilled to be here. And if you're new here, welcome to After Hours with Amanda. Let's do the plug, you guys. The parenting podcast that's not just for parents and isn't totally just a parenting podcast because I'm way too sporadic to commit to one thing like that. Like, it's just, I can't commit to that. <laughs> um, but it is mainly parenting content. Um, however, however, I do have a small favor. Um, if you follow me on Insta, uh, cause that's where I get my DMS. And I will tell you what, I do work very hard to answer those DMS y'all. I am up in my free time do doing that. Excuse me. But, um, if you want me to talk about something, like if you want me to bring up like college relationships, if y'all want to hear some stories, like seriously, shoot me a DM. I would love to know if you're following the podcast and you're listening, if that would interest you, because I am just a big open book and I love to share with you guys. Um, on a side note, if you want to talk about high school, I'll go there, but I'd really rather not. <laughs> also, if you happen to hear a muffled voice underneath this, that is my husband sounding like the teacher from Charlie Brown because he's probably on some type of work phone call and being the fact that my studio is our closet and I'm currently staring at my cheetah booties, which haven't been worn in a while. <laughs> Um, that's how we live. And you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I love this literal make it work and just do it. Like if there's something you want to do, quit waiting. I'm sitting in my closet. I 
am squeezing in the time because I want to talk to you all. I want to share with you all. And I have a lot of stuff on my mind today. Um, but can we talk about something first? Like, okay, first off, what am I drinking? What is this noise? I want to tell you guys, I have become obsessed with this peach concentrate juice from Starbucks. I feel like I'm literally just paying for peach juice at this point because I'll be like, can I get like 90% peach juice with a splash of that black tea? Because there's some unwritten rule, I guess, at Starbucks, you can't just buy the juice. Oh, mm. You guys, it's so good. It is so good if you have not had it. I get peach juice with black tea, no sweetener, extra ice, no water, and I just live for it. I do. Um, but this week has been interesting. You know, this week has been interesting. It has had a lot of ups and downs. It's had some migraines. Coping skills have definitely been taken for a spin this week. A little bit of a roller coaster Six Flags style. Um, even my girl today was like, Amanda, are you tired? The I, I love her with all my heart. I was like, I, I am feeling the new puppy in the home vibe. And don't get me wrong, y'all. I love Stella, but that girl has no sense of time. She and I, I treasure my sleep very seriously. Um, when I do get that like six hours, which is on average, what I usually get about six hours a night, eight hours, and I'm almost two slept. So this, those six hours are really important to me. And girlfriend has just been like crawling up in that time, but I'm believing, as I've been told by so many, that it just, it it doesn't last forever. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I love her. I really do. Um, I'm just adjusting because she's in our room because we're doing the whole like, um, they said it was like good to have a little safe place for her to stay at night that feels like her home, but she's in our room. Um, and that was, that was a lot. Cause if you know me, you know, London did stay in our room when she was first born till she was six months old because I felt a lot of guilt about moving her in her own room. That was just me personally. But Corey was out of our room at eight weeks. Uh, no, Paige. Which child is it? Paige was out at eight weeks and Corey was out at two weeks. And that is what works for everyone. I don't think that there's any right or wrong way to deal with sleep. It's how can the mom feel most at peace at night to even get sleep when you have new babies? Um, Cause that really adds to the mental health of things. Like that really, for me, dictated a lot. Like if I was underslept, the the ooh, the mood that arised arose excuse my the mood that arose was not of desire for anyone involved so what are we going to talk about today well we've talked about a lot of things and so what are we going to talk about this week well i want to talk about this really i don't even know how i'm going to fit this into one episode i don't even know where i'm going to go with this so you guys buckle up for a journey okay because I fly by the seat of my pants. It's where I feel most at home and authentic with myself. And so that's how I have to do things. But I want to journey with you to this, this, this kind of rumbling that I've been hearing a lot lately. And someone actually reached out to me via DMs. She has a podcast as well. Um, really, really cool podcast. Um, and she mentioned that all the mom content out there terrified her to become a mom. Like it just scared her to death. Like it made her not want to pursue motherhood at all because it, she just felt totally ill-equipped for it. She And in her DM, she made the statement, if taking a shower by yourself is self-care, I just can't. Like, I just don't even know because I'm barely keeping it together as myself right now. And so I want to tell you, 
And I hope I'm not exposing myself in some negative way to you guys, but I am a human being that has negative emotions. And so I do want to share a story with you from college when I thought that I wanted to be a teacher from a semester where I took one teaching course. It was the only teaching course I took, and I changed my major immediately after finishing the class. It was 2007, and honestly, at this point, I can't remember if I dropped the class or if I just like completed it because the experience was traumatizing. But I think that there's this this like weird belief out there that to be a mother, you have to innately feel like it's for you. To be a good mom, you have to in some way feel like you are made of sugar, spice, everything nice, that unicorns and rainbows and glitter come out of you and that you are just set up to make it happen. That you have to have had some childhood that really set you up well for it. Otherwise, you're totally ill-equipped. Now, I will tell you what, my childhood, I, I enjoyed my childhood. There's a lot of different things about it. Um, there's a lot of like personal healing that I ventured for as an adult. The reason I parent the way I do is because of um, my experiences growing up and with my brother and things like that. But um, anyway, so I think that there are some things that play into, you know, how you feel you might be equipped to be a parent. But I think it's this really interesting dynamic where in a in a way mom culture has become really cool because it's opened up this space where you're allowed to talk about the hard days and you're encouraged to talk about the hard days and we want to see you we want to feel you and so I don't want anyone to not hear don't hear what I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not okay to share your experiences as a mom when you're in the thick of it, but I'm saying that I feel like too often there are two extremes that I'm at least hearing from people that DM me, and it's this. The one extreme is it's so hard and it's so attainable that you barely feel like you're living, you're dead inside on some level, and there's no space for you. And the flip side is that you are an absolute Pinterest mom. You're scoring like 100% on every area. You're not having a bad day. You constantly have it together. And we've forgotten, or at least the image that's being projected is there's no middle ground. And I think that that's a huge lie. I think there's a huge lie that from the inside looking, from the outside looking in, if you're not in it, it seems strange, right? And that's, I think that's with anything in life, right? There are some things that from the outside looking in, it's like, what? What in the world? Like, I don't get that at all. But then you're on the opposite inside of it and you're like, oh, Okay, this makes total sense now. I see what you're talking about. And that's kind of motherhood. I think that that's that's what happens. You have all these expectations, all these thoughts, all these things. And if you do decide to take that plunge into motherhood and you're like, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to do it, and you become a mom, you get on the other side of it and you're like, oh, okay, this is what they meant. This is what they meant with these different things. But I think what's happening is it's coming out in two ways, either your life is nothing about you and you don't even know who you are anymore, or your life is everything is rainbows and roses and it is just perfection at its finest, right? And I think that what we feed ourselves on social media feeds a lot into that. I want you guys to think of that for a second. You know how much we talk about like physical health, right? Like what we put in our bodies. Is it organic? Is it vegan? Is it, are we, are we doing stuff that has more sugar? No. Are we doing, are we doing more vital? What are we doing? But we don't take a lot of time to talk about what we're actually feeding one of the most important things in our body, which is our mind. And I don't, I don't care what camp you fall into. 
any way you feed your body, because it's a self-choice, whether it's television, radio, movies, people you spend time with, the people you call, the social media you ingest, whatever you're filling your mind with, you're filling your feelings with. And that is, I think, a huge thing. And I think that feeds into this weird belief that in some way we're not equipped to be parents. And you're, and you're not equipped to be a good parent. And I, I want to really focus on this thought too of releasing, releasing that burden that you feel that says, because your parents were one way, that's how you're going to be. Now, I will tell you, there are a lot of things that play into it. If you are, if, if you don't actively say to yourself, okay, this is not something that I want for my children. So I'm going to actively pursue improving myself. So when the time comes, I can, I can be better. Right. I I think that's what kids do for us without knowing it. I know my kids raise the bar on me constantly in a really incredible way. Like they teach me to be a better person by me having to raise my standard of who I am to, to be a better, like, companion for them as they learn. I, the way they treat me shows me my inadequacies. And that's really hard. Like as a person, your ego, as a parent, you've really got to, when it comes to parenting, you have to come from it from a place of looking at it and saying, whatever happens here, I'm going to start from a place of trying to understand you. Like, I'm going to start with understanding. And that does not happen on all the days, y'all. That does not happen on all the days. It is not a guaranteed every day. It is something I miss some days. I talked about this week where I didn't do my best. And then from the back seat, I'm crying in the Taco Bell parking lot because Paige is singing Daniel Tiger's It's Okay to Make Mistakes. And in that moment, two things are happening for me. One, I'm feeling unworthy of the empathy my child is showing me without me even asking for it. And two, I'm thanking God that the things that I am trying to show them, the things that I am exposing to them are evoking certain things in them. And, and, and that is their credit. That is, I don't take responsibility for that. I am grateful that I get to be a part of their journey like that, but I don't, I don't look at it and go, ah, I am such a good parent. Like I feel so good about myself. No, 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 no. I am so grateful that I get to be their parent. I am grateful that they are picking up the things that I am putting out there for them and hoping that they do because to give me that empathy in that moment, realizing from the back seat that I needed someone to sing that to me. Children see people for people. See, kids don't need you to be a certain parent. It's You don't have to prepare yourself 100% to be the perfect parent because that doesn't exist. If you want to be a mom, you're made to be a mom. You become the mom you want to be. It's old parts of yourself dying, new parts of yourself growing. And if you give in to this belief that because your parents did something, it's going to dictate just what you get to do. That's further giving power to the negativity that you're feeling in that moment. That's that's allowing someone else's choice to control your your choice. In that future. And now I, I also want to say this. I don't think everyone has to be a parent. I don't think that when people tell me they don't want to have kids, I'm like, I'm so happy that that's something that you're aware of and comfortable with and feels good for you. Like, that's great. I, I personally can't imagine my life without my kids because I just, for me, the fulfillment I have 
from being in their presence is just, it's a gift. It's a gift. And so when you look at, when you look at things and you say to yourself, there is no way I can be a mom. I can't be a mom. I'm not good enough to be a mom or I'm not set up to be a mom or my parents didn't prepare me to be a parent or I have too many, I have too many wounds, right? No, 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 no. You're already aware of what you are concerned with. So love yourself enough, not just so you can become a mom. Love yourself enough to heal and work on the little things that you need in your life. And if that makes you feel like, oh, okay, now I'm, I can be a parent, cool. And if it doesn't and you just heal yourself in the process, freaking three cheers. Like, I, I've never understood. And it wasn't until someone told me, I was checking out in a Rayleigh's checkout line and the girl's like, you look so happy as a mom. I just could never be a mom. I don't like kids. And I said, being a mom doesn't mean you like all kids. Kids are people too. It, I mean, I love everybody and would want to encourage and help anybody. If anybody had a tire flat on the side of the road, if I could help them, I would help them. It doesn't mean I have to like the person to help them out if they're in distress. That's, that's not the point for me. And I, and I told her that and she goes, oh my gosh. And I said, is that shocking? She goes, I've just never heard a mom admit that she doesn't prefer all kids. I said, well, do you, do you like everybody in the world? Like I said it very lovingly too. I was like, well, do you like everyone in the world? And she's like, no, there are some people I don't like. I said, but you're still, you know, you either don't go around them or you're not rude to them purposefully. And she's like, no. And I was like, well, same thing. Like you do go to the park sometimes and there's a kid at the park and they're super rude. And you're like, whoa, dude. Okay, I don't know what was in your Cocoa Puffs this morning, but it's not vibing for me right now. And you're really nice because you're a mom and you're like, okay, honey, sure, sweetie. And you're like walking away like I'm going to move my kids out of this area because this negativity is not necessary. (laughs) But, you know, I just always look at it as kids are going through so many different emotions. They are just uninhibited. So if they're going to be rude, they're going to be honest too. Like it's just not, it's not hidden. Okay. So she looked at me and I said, that's okay. And she goes, it is. I said, yeah, because I love my kids. I love my friends' kids. I love the kids that are in my life. And I would be kind to any child that I met, but it doesn't mean that I'm like, all kids in this entire world are amazing. We're not in like this imaginary euphoric world where it's like that. And she laughed. I said, it's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be pleasant, Bill. You can just love your people. And she's like, thank you so much. No one's ever said that before. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry no no one's like never told you that because there are days that my kids are probably not going to like me because they're frustrated at me. And there are days where I'm going to be like, what is your deal? Like, where can we turn this around? Because right now, like, mm, this, this is not copacetic. And right now it's like, it's, it's harshing my vibe. <laughs> but here's the thing. This all came about, like I said, in the very beginning, 20 minutes ago that I was going to tell a story. Here's the story. I was in college. I was taking a teaching course. I was at a school. We were teaching in the class. I was with this incredible tenured teacher who was like in her 60s. You know, the ones that are like, you're like, you're made of magic. Like you're just, and her name was Babs, Mrs. Babs. Like, can you get any cooler? No. And there was this interaction with this one student and this student said something soups rude, you guys. She was like, you're shirt looks like your mom bought it at Walmart. Now, I want to tell you something. First off, I was in a first grade classroom. Secondly, this was 2007. Okay. Thirdly, 
Your girl shopped at Walmart all the time growing up, okay? I used to love layaway. My mother would put our clothes on for summer on layaway in spring. And by the time summer came, man, I had those Mary Kate Ashley shorts when they did that collab before collabs were collabs. <laughs> they did a collab with Walmart. Yes, girl, those jelly sandals. My mom layawayed all that stuff. My mom had a very firm belief that it is not the name, brand name on your clothing is not going to add any value to you if you're not adding value to it, honey. Okay. Like it's just not, it is about who you are. Okay. And so when this little girl said this to this other little girl, like, first off, I was highly offended by it. I was like, you're rude. And then the little girl just looked at her. Um, and this was a definite different situation between these two families. Okay. Um, and I just, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm like, Amanda, this is a child. You cannot feel. And it was the first time that I had actually felt like actual anger towards a child. I was very upset by it. I was very disturbed by it. And I just couldn't. And Babs could see it. I was up in the front of the classroom. And I'm not talking about like when kids are like, you wrote the P wrong or they're just being kids. But like this girl followed it up with, did your mom buy that? And the little girl's just like still not responding. And I just remember this interaction and she's like, I like it. And she's like, I'd be embarrassed if I were you. Like this girl wouldn't let up. And I couldn't understand it. So at the same time, I'm feeling angry. I'm confused because I'm also feeling for both little girls. I'm feeling for the little girl who's basically being accosted in the classroom and it's happening in front of me like a car wreck. I can't stop. And I'm so like in awe of what's happening. I'm frozen, like straight frozen in the classroom, drawing on the board, trying to like get my grade for teaching the class because that's what I was supposed to do. It was like the only class I ever took for teaching. And it was like a lesson planning class. So you were in the classroom. And... Babs could see it in my eyes. Like she could just see like I was, and then I was sad for this little girl being so mean because I couldn't understand where this anger was coming from. I just, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And Babs gets up and she's like, all right, class, thanks so much. You know, let's all like, she completely is like, let's all just grab a book. We're going to have some quiet time. Let's thank Miss Amanda for her time. Miss Amanda, can you come help me over at the desk real quick? And I'm just like standing there, like just shell-shocked, just, and she walks up and touches me. And it's almost like I'm awakened out of this like trance of me staring at this little girl. And I don't I don't know if I had RBF. I don't even know what my face looked like. But we walk over to the desk and I'm like, we need to have a parent-teacher conference like right now. We need to call her parent. And she's like, Amanda, this is there's things that go into this. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, there's there's not. And I was like getting very frustrated. And she's like, all right, Miss Babs and Miss Amanda are going to step right to the door, you guys. Because I was getting, I was like, no, no. Like, we're, we're calling someone. Call the principal. Get someone in here. Flip her card. I was angry. And I came outside and Babs is like, I can see you're upset. And I was like, why would someone do that? She goes, Amanda, there's a lot of things that kids do. Okay. You're not going to like all of them. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you're not going to like all the things kids do because some kids you're going to be fond of. And then other children are just going to frustrate you. And I'm looking at this teacher who's been probably teaching for like 40 plus years telling me this. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't understand how that makes any sense to me. I was like, I thought that you just like, I thought all students were students. Like you just, you, you love all your students. She goes, I love all my students. Absolutely. I would help out all my students at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. But some of them, I'm not their biggest fan. They're rude. 
She goes, and those are the kids that I try to help. And the ones that they're rude to, I try to help them too. And I like left that day at the class. I was so confused. I was, I didn't know what to do with my emotions. I had never experienced that before. I was 21 and I had a really loving mom. I was very fortunate. She had her idiosyncrasies, but overall, the one thing that I always knew that I think is the most important thing in the world, it doesn't matter what you do. I knew my mother loved me. No matter what I could do, I knew my mother loved me. That was never a question for me. I never had to question it. I never worried about it. I knew innately I could literally like do whatever. And that woman would show up for me every day of the week. And that is worth more than anything you could ever buy your child. That is worth more you could ever give them to unequivocally, no matter what, love them. It doesn't mean that every day you're going to look at them and be like, I mean, I'm sprouting joy. You're going to be like, you're really frustrating me right now. And that's why I think that it ties into, and I hope this is making sense for you all. I think that's where it ties into the fact that so many people are so afraid of being a parent. And it's because we box in the identity of what a parent looks like. We box in the identity of who you have to become to be a parent. We box in the identity of what you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to feel. And we take away this desire to make this an extension of you and we create an entire identity for you. And that becomes your identity. And we focus solely on that. And anything outside of that feels foreign. And let me elaborate on that. Being a parent doesn't mean the first time you hold your child, you're going to feel fireworks. I felt it with my first, but my second and my third, it was different. It was very different. And there's a lot of shame, I think, associated with not being handed a baby and feeling like you're immensely in love with them. I had that with London because it was my first child. And I've personally experienced this awe of the fact a human had just popped out my vaheen, if you know what I mean, okay? But when I had Corey and Paige, it was like I had to get to know them. Like I knew and loved London, but these were two new little girls. I didn't know them. I knew them. They're mine. I, I cared for them. I had love for them, but there weren't fireworks. But the more time I spent with them, the more I developed this care and concern and love and deep-seated loyalty to them and what I needed to do for them and what I would do for them. And this belief that as a mom, you're going to wake up every morning and want to make breakfast? No, because people forget you're a human being. Which is why when you start to take out the ego and the desire to put an identity on what being a mom looks like, you can free yourself. And you can be a person who's having a child that's an individual that you get to live life with. And you still get to be your individual and teach them about who you are. Have you ever thought about the fact that you're actually, your kids are getting to know you? Like, have you ever seen that from their perspective? They come into this world not knowing anyone or anything, and you are their resource. You are their person. You are their North Star, their lighthouse. They're going to come to you. Have you ever thought they want to get to know you? Have you ever thought you don't have to hide the fact that you're a person to them, that you can let them see you, that you don't have to overburden them? Of course, I'm not going to walk up to my kids and be like, do you guys have money for the mortgage? <laughs> like they're seven and don't have job. Like I'm not going to do that. But there are parts of yourself that you don't have to hide from them. And that's, I think, where the lie lives, that you're not equipped to be a parent. 
Because the lie lives within saying that you need a certain identity to fit a certain phase of life that is merely an extension of who you are. When did we crawl into this box that had all these rules about what you were allowed to express, right? What kids were allowed to express. This belief that when a child is crying, the first concern is the cry. No, it's not. The first concern is letting them know that you see that they're upset. You don't understand why, but when they're ready to let you know. I told Lennon something the other day and she had a full on tantrum in front of me. I mean, girlfriend's seven, right? She's filling her fills. And I looked at her and she goes, she like, Freak, just like totally just like, like all the body parts were moving, hands, arms. She was frustrated. And I said, why don't you go take a minute in your room for a sec? I gave her some time. I came back and I was like, girl, you could have just talked to me, honey. She's like, I just needed to get that out. I was like, I hear you, but like, what's going on? On the flip side of that later that evening, I had a moment where I felt my feels and we're walking up to bed and I looked at them and I was like, you guys, I am sorry. I was a moody Judy earlier and had that like moment. And Lennon was like, it's okay, mom. I have those days too, you know? And I was like, you know, I hear that and I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm sorry. I should have been a better example for you guys. And she goes, it's okay, mom. Like we're all people. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we are. Because it's not one or the other. There are seasons of life you go through. Just like I said, you don't have to feel one emotion at a time. The glass doesn't have to be half empty or half full. Your life can be refillable. It can be completely depleted and completely refilled. I can tell you as a mom, I experienced deep sadness in one moment and absolutely unexplainable joy and love in the next. There are seasons you venture. And when you first become a mom and like you've got that infant and everything is hitting you like a massive Mack truck, you feel the need to tell someone because no matter how surrounded you are, you might feel alone. And I've been there. But you don't live there. You don't live there always. And if you start to live there, you make sure you get the help that you need. I've been there too. But there's this really weird thing that's happened. And it makes me sad because I have so many people reach out via DM and say like, I think I might want to be a parent one day because you make it look like it's not hell on earth. Like I got that DM. They literally said, you make it look like it's not hell on earth. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh. Y'all, what, what, where, what? No, no. And if that was your experience growing up, I am sorry. I am sorry because no one should feel like they are a burden to anyone. You're a gift. If no one has told you lately, you are a gift. You're supposed to be here. You're important. You're valued. And if the people that you're relying on in your life aren't telling you that, I'm sorry. And it might be hard right now, but that will not be, that will not be your identity forever because you are immensely loved. Okay. And secondly, and I mean this with all my heart, being a parent doesn't mean the end of you. It means you're reborn. And there's this other extension of you. And the reason it's so exhausting is because you have a responsibility, just like with everything. Like you think of it, if people only posted, like imagine this, okay, we have a new puppy. Y'all know we have a new puppy. Imagine if the only time I posted photos of my dog was when she pooped in my bathroom this morning, pooped 
literally pooped on the carpet last night, peed on my shoe this morning, and ate the hand off of one of the Barbies, which we don't worry, we got it out of her mouth. But if I only ever posted photos of that, who would want to be a dog owner? Like, would you? No. Because all you're seeing is this, this, this time frame, right? And that doesn't make it wrong because I think there comes a lot of freedom with being a mom saying like, I don't have it together. I'm really feeling my feels. I need people to quit portraying this as this magical moment because it doesn't feel magical to me because I'm sitting after giving birth in a diaper, basically mesh panties with a stomach that the movies make make it look like it went down and everybody else I saw on social media or us weekly or okay is six weeks bounce back. And I'm sitting here at six months having no movement, can't fit in any of my clothes. My nipples are sore from breastfeeding or I haven't been able to breastfeed at all. And I just feel alone and I feel misunderstood and I need to make that known. And there is nothing wrong with that. But I think that with the caveat of that, we also need to be sharing that joy that natural joy, not that look how I curated this for my kids, but that natural joy, those natural moments like, hey, guess what? My kid cried today. They got out their fills and then guess what they did? They came and told me why they were upset. They openly told me it. I think we need to start congratulating our kids on the fact that they felt their fills, figured it out and identified an emotion, recognized it and have learned from that. I think that we need to encourage people if they want to be a parent that who your parents are don't dictate who you are, um, who you feel equipped to be is always something that if you want to, you can change, move from, and that being a mom isn't a one size fits all. I do a lot of things that my mom friends don't do. My mom friends do a lot of things I don't do. And there's nothing wrong with that because being a mom is not an identity. It's a title. It's, it's, it's a title. Just like someone who bakes cakes is a baker, but that's not the only thing they do. Someone who plays golf is a golfer, but that's not the only thing they do. And where we hit that miss is when we start seeing our identity as only that because we feel like we have to. Now, does it take precedence with a lot of things? Of course, I have tiny people that can't make their own food. But does it have to be in absolutely everything you do? No. Um, I, I find it some days difficult for myself because... You have a responsibility as a parent, as a mom, but you have a responsibility as a person and a spouse and a friend. And some days all those hats get really hard to rotate, right? But again, it's a season, it's an ebb and it's a flow. It's, it's, it's a happy, it's a sad, it's a refillable cup. And I think that... If you don't feel equipped to be a parent, that's okay. And if you feel like motherhood looks like just the absolute pits, that's okay. Because some days it's hard, but it is not the absolute pits. It is, it is, it's pretty freaking cool. And 
if you don't feel equipped, I just, I can't stress this enough. If you don't feel equipped, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that says you have to be a parent. There's nothing that says you can't be a parent. There's no one that says you can't be a parent. If someone's looking at you telling you, you don't understand, you don't know, well, you know what? Neither do they. They're speaking from their experience, not yours. You own your own experience. You own your own choices. And when you get to the point in your life where you get to make those, you darn well make those. You do it. Because just like I'm not going to love every child, well, like, I do love people. I'm not going to like every child I encounter. Not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone does like me. And that's okay too. Because we're all different. It's what we do with that. It's how we treat one another that matters. And I don't know how helpful this episode is for you. I just know that there is a middle ground in motherhood. And you can, you can go along that line all throughout motherhood, all throughout life. You don't have to be the one thing that you've always been, and you don't have to stay the one thing you thought you'd always be. That makes sense. You get to ebb and flow. And the more you can teach yourself that, the more you can allow your kids to do that. The more you give yourself that freedom, the more freedom you will be giving your children. Because your kids need you to be a person. And at the end of the day, what they really need from you is your love. And that love doesn't come in a perfectly made dinner. That love doesn't come in a perfectly, incredibly put together project. That love doesn't have to just come from things you do or things you buy or opportunities that get that love comes from the security they get from you knowing that they have a person, they have someone in their corner. Because I can tell you one thing, my family's had a lot growing up. My family had not a lot growing up and lost everything. And the one thing that never, ever, ever changed for me was the fact that I knew my mom and my dad, and I speak about my mom because I'm talking to mom, was that a security from my mom and my dad that I knew that I was loved. And I think that's why I look back at my childhood and I talk to people about my childhood and they're like, that sounds traumatic. I was like, well, you know, there were some trauma things. Yeah, no. But you know what? I was loved. I am loved. My dad's still here. Thank God. But I just want to encourage you today. And I don't know if this episode makes sense at all. But, you know, half of what I do is like so rabbit trailed in general. Remember, at the end of the day, no one gets to dictate who you are except you. You give yourself that identity. You claim what that identity is and you give into that identity. If you don't like that identity, you have the choice to change it. Some people feel made to be a mother. Some people become mothers. Some people don't want to be mothers and that's okay too. Because life isn't a one size fits all. And the sooner we believe that you can feel two emotions at once and be more than one thing, I can be a mom, I can be a person, I can be all those things. And some days I can be more of a person than I am a mom. And some days I can be all a mom and less of what I'm going to do with work or other things. But don't let the life you've had or the life you think you're going to have dictate the life that you want to give yourself. Don't do it. Whether that's being a mom or not, I changed my majors five times, y'all. So ebb and flow. 
look at life as refillable. Give yourself grace. And hopefully you'll come back next week for whatever this episode was. (laughs) And know that I'm grateful that you're here. Know that it is honestly my joy and an honor and a gift to spend time with you for you guys to journey with me, for you guys to listen to my ramblings, which I'm sure 90% of this feels like, but I hope that one thing that I say sticks with you. And if I can give you any gift today, that is knowing that you don't have to feel equipped for anything. You can find tools. You can build things. Things that weren't built for you, you can build yourself. Things that weren't given to you, you can give to others. Not feeling equipped to be a mom is totally normal. I had no idea. I knew I wanted kids, but I didn't really understand. And being a mom doesn't equal certain checklist items. It equals what is best for you and what is best for your child. And if you can remember that, that it doesn't have anything to do with the magic you feel at birth. It doesn't have anything to do with breast or formula. It doesn't have anything to do with what class you take, what your children do, or frankly, as I told on Insta stories today, the amount of screen time your children have. When they look back at their life, what they remember is the love. And that's given in a hug. That's given in a kiss goodnight. That is given in the crevices of the day. The, the moments you feel like failing, the moments you feel like you're not doing it at all. You are always somebody's superhero because they, they only see the goodness when you're trying. So that is the end of this episode. You guys, thanks for having grace with me this week. I apologize the episode didn't get up sooner. If you love this, please tag me. Let me know you're listening. DM me on Insta. Let me know what you want to hear and we'll get into it next week. And hopefully, fingers crossed, your girl will be on time. Thank you, and I will see you or talk to you next week.